some thanks thanksgiving before we get into the scriptures. Uh, first, I'm, I'm grateful for uh, Max preaching last week and for all of our elders uh, who labor in preaching and teaching and, and anyone else who, who um, does that. Second, I'm grateful that um, you guys care about my family and encourage us to leave and sit on a beach and eat good food. <laughs> uh, we're refreshed. Um, Physically and, and mentally and spiritually and, and uh, ready to rock and roll for the fall. So thank you. Um, third, and kind of for today's purposes and the, and the next month's purposes, I'm, I'm grateful for what's ahead. Okay, We have uh, a lot going on, so yearly stuff like uh, budgets and business meetings and, and all that stuff and um, holidays and then plus, I don't know if you guys have seen, there's a large um, structure up on, on Thunderbird. Um, that's, it gets bigger every time I walk through it, which is really great because when they first poured the pad, I was terrified that like, oh no, this is a center for ants. Like it was, um, so anyway, that, that's happening and all, all the stuff that, that goes on with that and uh Hopefully we're going to move into that thing after Christmas. So um, I'm, I'm grateful for all these things, excited about all these things. And so all that gratefulness and that excitement uh, leads into what I want to do for the next four weeks, Lord willing. And that is uh, focus on what's important for us. Okay? Not not get um, distracted. Because two, two things that I'm worried about, wasn't worried about last week because I was on a beach, but I'm... Now back in Flatland and worried about it. Uh, I don't want all the stuff um, distracting us from our mission. Okay, I don't want us to slowly drift into meditating on and doing things that aren't super significant. They, they matter, but aren't the main thing. And second, I don't want us to think about the completion of that building project as the finish line. Okay, that's not that's that thing's not. Not the goal. I didn't say go into all the world and, and erect an awesome structure. Okay? That can help with what he did say, but, but that's not the thing. And so I don't want us to get in and, and move in and, and then we kind of sit back um, on, on our laurels and, and say, isn't this awesome? Okay? But it is awesome. I mean, go, go look at it. It's, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be so helpful, um, particularly for our children's ministry. Like, you're just going to walk in the front door. Where are the kids? Oh, it's just right there. No stairs. They got the whole wing. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be so um, helpful. But that's not the finish line for us. It's more helpful to think about moving into there as a starting line for us. Okay? I don't how young or old. It, it, it's a starting line because the finish line is the Lord Jesus returning from heaven in flaming fire and uh, banishing ungodliness from the earth, raising our bodies and those that we've lost, lost incorruptible to live forever, and the glory of the Lord covering the earth as the waters cover the sea. That's the finish line. Okay? Which is not on Thunderbird Road, right? <laughs> That, that That's the finish line. So all the stuff, buildings, budgets, elections, holidays, whatever, those are tools to help us get there, okay? Like, so think of the building as track spikes, right? You put them on because they're hopefully going to help us run faster and, and get there. And so to sort of mitigate against those two things, distraction and a false finish line, and take the next uh, four weeks, take a break from 
Matthew and, and, and focus on a few things, okay? So today, I'm going to do just a quick overview of, of our mission, which is following Jesus in worship and discipleship and evangelism uh, in the new year and in the new building. We're going to like really break those things down and, and, and do a whole lot of scripture and a whole lot of practical application of what that um, looks like. Today will just be a flyby, though. Next week, I want to fan the flame concerning um, our house groups and just kind of give some energy and encouragement um, for those of you that are already in, in them and then encourage you that are, are not to, to get into those and disciple each other in that way. Next week, I want to cast some vision for, for gathering uh, for, for prayer meetings, worship and prayer and, and solemn assemblies. And we're going to have our, our first one on October 30th. And then the, the last week, just kind of look at the sort of leaders that these kinds of things require and, and work through the different qualities and attitudes um, that are laid out for us in scripture to do worship discipleship uh, and evangelism okay so that's a plan four weeks to focus on uh, kind of ourselves and what we need to do and then lord willing jump back into matthew and when we do that also eat chili so um anyway so let's get into what's the mission of the church what what are what did jesus say um we're supposed to do we're to follow jesus in worship and discipleship and evangelism, obviously there's a lot of overlap in, in those three and you can't really pull them apart. But for teaching purposes, it, uh, it's helpful too. So first, our mission is, is to follow Jesus in worship, right? Believers, followers of Jesus, worship God. I know. Brilliant. Okay. We, we worship God. So what is, what, what, what is worship is what we just did for the last... 25, 30 minutes, is that worship? Sure, 100%. Um, but I think if you take the whole uh, of the scriptures and what God is is driving at and, and urging his people to do and encouraging his people to do and warning his people to do, um, it, it is two things, okay? Worship boils down to two things. One, uh, allegiance or, or, or loyalty, and then uh, uh, Trust or or faith. Okay, so let's let's break those down. First, worship is allegiance. As disciples of Jesus, we give allegiance to one King, Jesus, and to one Kingdom, the, the Kingdom of God. Okay, the, this this is who we are um, loyal to, and so to to pledge allegiance or declare loyalty to any other kingdom or any other king above above this one. Is treason in the Lord's eyes. Okay, it, it is rebellion against the one King and one Kingdom. So, what I told you to open your Bibles to. This is what Peter is is driving at. You are, and I, I, talking to I think mostly uh, what we would call Messianic Jews here. You are a chosen race, chosen for for what? Okay, well, what are they chosen for? To inherit the kingdom. That Jesus has, has made available to them in the cross for the forgiveness of their sins, given them righteousness so they can inherit it forever. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy, a separate, d- distinct from the other nations around them, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him, right? Which is more on the evangelism side, right? Proclaiming the mighty acts of him and, and what mighty acts... Are they proclaiming the context of Peter makes clear that the cross before the day of the Lord, that this is this is what they're proclaiming, that Jesus has died, given himself, uh, uh, laid down his life. No one takes my life from me. I lay it down of my own accord for the forgiveness of sins before the coming day of wrath on the earth by which he will judge the earth in fire and then make all things new. These are the mighty acts 
They are proclaiming the cross before the day who called you out of darkness. This like commonly all throughout scripture, darkness, this age into his marvelous light. Commonly the age, the age to come, the the renewal, the restoration of all things. So you're proclaiming these mighty acts because God has called you out of this and into that. So therefore, verse 11, beloved, I urge you as aliens and exiles, right? Following our father Abraham in sojourning, looking for that city that foundations are from God. Aliens, exiles, citizens of a coming kingdom, not of, of this present one, right? Not of this World. I don't know if those shirts are a big deal anymore. Late 90s, everyone had an NOTW shirt with their WWJD bracelet because we were really into acronyms. Okay, Not of this, this, this one, but of, of the one to come, right? Philippians 3, our, our citizenship is, is in the heavens. It belongs with the Lord. And, and, and anyway, so as aliens and exiles, I'm urging you, abstain from the desires of the flesh that wage war against your soul. Okay, Uh, abstain from the desires of this thing that want to drag you to to hell. So that would be like discipleship, right? Sanctification, following Jesus along the narrow road, not going to the right or the left. Proverbs 18, keep your foot from evil. No, that one. It's Proverbs 4, Proverbs 427. It'll get you to heaven. So how we learn that abstain from the desires of the flesh that wage war against against the soul. Verse 12, conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles, right? Among the other nations who have other loyalties and other allegiances. You guys conduct yourselves honorably in view of God, in view of the cross, in view of the day of the Lord. That So that though they malign you as evil, they may see your honorable deeds. Put that in the evangelism category and glorify God when he comes to judge. Okay. Other translations, on the day of visitation, okay, on the day of, of the Lord. You live this way, you pledge allegiance this way, you, you proclaim, you do evangelism this way, you walk this way, you do discipleship this way, so that the other nations of the earth glorify God when he comes, rather than, than, than tremble and fear, and they inherit eternal life, rather than get thrown into a lake of fire. So as a people grafted into this chosen and holy nation for us to worship God. What does it mean to worship God? It means that all of our other allegiances are either trashed outright, right? Let's totally thrown into the garbage, lit on fire to, to never be seen again, right? We don't worship idols anymore. We don't follow after demons anymore. Jesus is our king and no one else is. Or... Right. And I think you should lean on that one the most. Like, what should I do with other allegiances? Generally throw them in the dumpster. okay? or they're all other allegiances are simply made subservient. okay? it's meaning we can be good citizens of of this nation and and be patriotic and all the rest. That's that's good. Like there's like a lot of especially just right now. That's just like. Shaming uh, Americans for being Americans and and shaming uh, American believers for being patriotic and that's just stupid. You don't have <laughs> that's that's not that's a false thing going on. But as an American, you are subs- that allegiance is so far below your allegiance to King Jesus first. And if those things ever clash, we just it's not even a question. I'll follow Jesus. Okay, Jesus is Lord. Caesar, fill in the blank. It is is not okay. So as followers of Jesus, we worship God by giving Jesus allegiance and and trashing other ones or they're just made um, subservient. 
So the instruction to, to Israel and believers to, today is, is to, to trash any allegiance to false gods. To worship God means to not worship anyone else. Are you following that logic? Okay. Deuteronomy 6, the, the, the Shema, kind of the, the, the bedrock of all Israel's commands and, and ways of living. Listen, Israel, hear Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength, right? This is what Jesus tells the devil in the desert. Like, no, I'm not going to worship you or bow down to you. I love God. Him, him only. All your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, all means 100%. And so if 100% of worship belongs to Yahweh, how much percentage does that leave for Baal and Molech and Marduk, math people? Zero. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Very good. So this is what worship means, right? When we say, I worship God means he just has everything and nobody else gets, gets anything. Verse 13, later in the Shema, fear the Lord your God because he's sovereign. And can throw you into a lake of fire if you don't worship him. Fear the Lord your God. Worship him. NIV and ASB. Worship him alone. Right? When Jesus quotes this to the devil in Luke 4 and Matthew 3 says, or 4. Luke 4, Matthew 4. says, worship him only. Him only shall you serve. Verse 14. Do not follow other gods. The gods of the people around you for the Lord your God who is among you. He's a jealous God. Okay? So following Jesus in worship means we renounce all other allegiances and worship God alone as Lord, right? We say with our mouths, believe in our hearts, Romans 10, 9, Jesus is Lord, okay? No one else. And this is what we, I'm just getting ahead of myself, this is what we tell other people too, Jesus is Lord. Not you, not whoever, you know, not whatever you're following, Jesus alone is, is Lord, not Caesar, not Biden, not Trump, not Phil, you know, if you think Trump's still in charge somehow, Yeah. It doesn't matter. He's not Lord. Okay? Jesus is. Fill in the blank. Jesus is Lord. We say with Paul Philippians um, 2 that God exalted Jesus to the highest place. Right? Nobody else is sitting at the Father's right hand. Okay? You will never sit there. Right? Alexander never sat there. Right? Xerxes never sat there. Pharaoh never sat there. Only Jesus sits there. God gave him the name that's above every other name. At the name of Jesus, no other name. Every knee should bow, okay? Every knee should bow in worship, in allegiance, in, in recognition as, of him as the sovereign one and, and no one else, okay? And, and, and dealing with his sovereignty to show mercy now, right? And, and, and recognizing his sovereignty to stop showing mercy at the day of the Lord, okay? Every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus, no one else, no one else is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So in Scripture, in our lives, to worship God means we give allegiance to Him uh, alone, right? And, and, and we say with Paul to Timothy, we recognize Him as the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, to Him alone be honor and glory forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. Right? And so just think about your categories or whatever. This was the job of Adam and Eve before sin. Right? Before death. What's Adam and Eve's job? To give allegiance and loyalty to God. To, to listen to him. What's the, what's the call of humanity after sin? 
Give allegiance and loyalty to God. What, what's the, the call of all humans in the age to come? Same thing, right? So this is like an eternal mission of the church is to worship God. For all time, this is what we should have been doing, should be doing, and will be doing. Is saying God, he alone is, is king and lord and judge and, and the rest. And so we do this now. We worship through allegiance with trembling, right? Like when someone's calling for your allegiance, like that should cause a little bit of like, oh, I have to submit to this person or, or this entity. Knowing that the first commandment at Sinai, no other gods, burned in God's heart then, burns in God's heart now and will be fully burning and on display at the day of the Lord. Right. That's what the day of the Lord is about. Is did, did you bow the knee or not? OK. God is king of the heavens and the earth, and he will not tolerate treason forever. Revelation 14, if anyone worships the beast, right? Babylon the great, the, the kings of the earth, and his image, and receives his mark on the forehead or the hand as a sign of allegiance, he too will drink the wine of God's fury. He will be tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment rises forever and ever. So if you give allegiance to anyone else, it's no small thing to Jesus. Okay, This is our, our, our first mission, is to give all of our loyalty, all of our allegiance to King Jesus. Okay? He is Lord and King. So, so that's first. Second, worship is, is trust, or our Bibles generally say faith, right? Trust, faith. To worship God is to trust God, to count Him and His words as reliable. And so this, again, we just have examples in our own life, but also in, in the people of Israel. They hear the promises of God, right? And, and like, only they hear it. Now, Balaam, I guess, hears some. But, but Israel... Only hears the promises of God and they're to make known, right? The glory of the Lord is supposed to go out from the temple to all, all, all the nations. They hear the word of the Lord, but then along the way, they stop trusting him and, and they stop counting on God as as reliable, which leads to what? When they stop trusting God, what do they start doing? They start worshiping something else. Like every single, every, every single time. So this is the wilderness generation, right? Moses goes up and it's like, oh, a little delay here. What do they do? Get the jewelry out. And Aaron's like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> right? We just threw the jewelry in and this calf came out and someone busted out the drinks. I don't know what happened, Moses. Okay, Kings. You guys read Kings and Chronicles. What happens? Worship the Lord, worship the Lord, worship the Lord. There's a little uh, crisis, little delay. Oh, let's go partner with the Assyrians. Let's go worship Baal. Let's go worship something else other than God because they no longer count him as trustworthy because there's a little bit of a delay in, in what God has said. And so we live in the same story, right? We, we have the same um, issues of them. We have the same promises from God, right? Paul, at the end of Acts, says, I have the same hope as, as the Pharisees, the same uh, story as these men. But our, for us, it's almost worse, right? We have, Second Peter, the promises of God more fully confirmed than they did. Why? Because we have an empty tomb that says, oh, I guess God's not a liar. And two, we have the witness of, and the gift of the Spirit that says to your heart, God's not a liar. He, he's, he's true. So we have the same promises, the promise of, of the day of the Lord, the resurrection of the dead, the restoration of, of all things for which we are waiting. And in light of those things, these promises from God, you know what our job is? 
It's the same as Israel's. It's to trust God to bring it about. Okay? Can anyone in here raise the dead? Or, or out of here, do you guys know anyone that can raise the dead? Do you know anyone that can restore all things? Do you know anyone that, that, that can banish ungodliness from the earth forever? Right. <laughs> yeah, we do. We yeah. People like us. Okay. No. There's one guy that can do it. There's one Messiah that can do these things. So we trust God to bring these things about. We have faith in God, which means worship is akin to waiting. Okay? And not like, and there's nothing wrong with this, but you know, like in a prayer meeting or worship meeting or whatever, like, all right, we're just going to wait on the Lord for a little bit. That's not what he's talking about. That's good. Wait on the Lord in that way, but... Literally waiting on God to bring about the redemption, waiting on God to, to come through, follow through on what he has has um, said. So this is the, the, Isaiah 25. This is Stoney's favorite verse. He will swallow up on this mountain the covering that's cast over all the peoples, the veil that's spread over all the nations. Verse eight. He will swallow up death forever. Just as a side note, if I get my way, Jillian's not here right now. If I get my way, um, as you leave our sanctuary at, at our, our, our worship center, at our at our new building, uh, above the door, Isaiah 25, he will swallow up death forever. The thing you're reminded of, leaving the building, and then as you walk out the lobby, above the door is going to, all authority has been given to Jesus, therefore go and make disciples of all, uh, all, all the Gentiles, all the nations, all, all the, anyway. You leave church reminded that he will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces and the reproach of his people Israel. He will take away from all the earth for the Lord has spoken. That's what Isaiah is hearing from the Lord and speaking. That's the promise that death and suffering and sadness and sickness and disease and tears will be taken away. This is what God has sworn. And so what's the response of a worshiping church, verse 9, it will be said on that day, behold, this is our God. And because we trusted him, we've waited for him. This is what it means that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. So this is our first charge to worship God by trusting God. Okay. And so we start here before discipleship. Before evangelism, we wake up every day, we remind our hearts, we anchor our hearts in faith in God's day and the cross before that day for the forgiveness of our sins. We loosen our tongues and we declare that Jesus is Lord and that Jesus is trustworthy. This is what it means to worship God. Okay? Like, like this is our main job. If we don't have this, everything else falls apart. Okay? Our mission is to follow Jesus first in worship and then second in, in discipleship, okay? Worship is, is allegiance and trust in God. And discipleship is, is running the race in obedience and love and encouraging one another along that same path, okay? It's like you got to follow Jesus and then we gotta got to follow Jesus. And, and discipleship is really just like a logical, simple outworking of worship and, and faith, okay? We obey because we love our Father and we love our King, same, same reason you obey your own parents. You, 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 you love them. They, they, parents that have proven themselves trustworthy, you, you trust them and, and, and love them. We want to honor the one that we serve, that we pledged allegiance to, 
by our lives. We want to be like our dad, right? Ephesians 5, imitate God, beloved. Okay. (laughs) Imitate God. We want to please God with our lifestyle now as he will be pleased with it in the age to come. You know what I mean? That's the daytime. I want to live now as in the daytime. I want to walk as I'm going to walk in. So we we do this, like I said, as, as individuals, Titus 2, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. The cross, right? Appeared to all men. And so what does the grace of God do? Verse 12, it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and then to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives now. In the present age, the cross is is calling us, teaching us, and and with the Spirit instructing us how to live godly. How to live as, as in the daytime, teaching us to run the race in obedience and love until we reach the finish line. Right Until we hear that, well done, good and faithful, trustworthy servant. Verse 13, while we wait for the blessed hope, which is what? Maranatha! The the, the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for us to redeem us from wickedness. To take us out, to buy us out of of wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own. Eager to do what is good, right? Like this is the the difference before knowing Jesus and receiving that attaboy, that, that gift of the spirit. Is now I want to do good. I don't want to follow the flesh anymore. I don't want to sin anymore. When I sin, I don't like this, God. And the Spirit teaches us and instructs us to, to, to be eager to do good. This is who will inherit eternal life, okay? This is who will be raised on that day. Those who, by the grace of God, say no to ungodliness and yes to godliness in view of the blessed hope, the appearing of uh, Jesus at the day of the Lord, okay? So that, that's first. We've got this vertical thing. I'm, I'm following Jesus because I love Jesus and I trust Jesus and I've given allegiance to Jesus. But then it works itself out um, um, here, okay? Horizontally through encouraging imitation, okay? I use this example all the time. My hands go up on the doxology because over in the old building in fourth grade, I'm on the balcony. Joe Craiger's down here. Doc, uh, Mary Lou starts playing the doxology. Joe's hands go up like, well, Joe seems like an okay guy. Because this is what we do. You know what I mean? Like, through, so through imitation, we, we, we encourage each other. And then also through instruction, okay? Through opening our mouths and, and, and instructing each other along, the, along the, the path, okay? So by the Spirit's power, I stay on the path. By the Spirit's power, you stay on the path. And then by the Spirit's power, we all say, come on. We all stay along the path. So Hebrews... Um, Three. Uh, actually, let's, let's do Hebrews 10. Hebrew, Hebrews 10. Uh, um, don't neglect to meeting together as is the habit of, of some, but encourage each other all the more as you see the day drawing near. Okay? So the day of the Lord, right? The, the resurrection, the, the glory of the age to come. This is coming. So you, therefore, the, whoever wrote Hebrews... Says the, the, the solution for this, for staying on the path, is that you guys gather together and exhort one another. Now Hebrews 3, exhort one another every day as long as it's called today. So that none of you are hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Which means that you might have a pension. Maybe we, pension, maybe we would sing prone to wander, Lord I feel it. Maybe you have that in you and you need other believers filled with the spirit to say, no, come on. Stay on the path. Do the thing. So 
encourage each other in this way than Romans um, 15.4. For whatever was written in the former days, right? Genesis, Deuteronomy, and, and, and the rest. Whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction. For our discipleship, okay? So we're to take the scriptures and instruct one another in them. And not just like preacher guy to congregation on Sunday. But just all week long, we're instructing each other, encouraging one another in the scriptures. So that through the endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures. Right? That's what they're for. Right? We might have hope. Hope in what? Not for what we see. For who hopes for what he sees, right? Romans 8. No, hope, hope that's seen. This isn't hope. We hope for what we do not see. Resurrection of the dead. The age to come. The day like we, this is what the scriptures are for. And this is what you are for. You like, like your main job is to worship God. Follow Jesus on the path. And then hook your arms with other disciples and, I don't know, maybe get together and make commitments to each other that we're going to do this together, right? And go on the path to, and, and, and do so with the scriptures that we might have hope, right? This is what we're doing right now. You guys are going to break into classes in a second. Like, like Larry, before God, you have a room full of people up there and you're on the earth in, in October of 2022 so that those people inherit eternal life and live forever. Like, Joe, like all of our teachers and you guys, like that's, that, that is very different from like a social gathering and we just have coffee and donuts and whatever. Like, no, we're dealing in eternal life here. And that, that should cause just outrageous joy and outrageous trembling and, and, and Make sense of Paul's instruction. Look, not many of you should become teachers because teachers will be judged more strict. Like all this stuff is like, it's a big deal to disciple one another. It's a big deal to look each other in the eye and say, keep going. <laughs> Run the race. Stay on, on the path. Uh, it's worth it. And then, so who does Paul assume will be doing this? Romans, same chapter, verse 14. Who's supposed to do this? He says, I myself am satisfied about you. My brothers, and Paul's never been to Rome, never met these people. Paul's assumption is, Romans 6, they've all been baptized. Romans 15, they can all do this. That you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge. And you, my brothers, you're able to instruct each other. Okay? Promise you no one in the church at Rome has an MDiv. Okay? They don't have Logos Bible software. They don't, you know. They're, but they're believers in Jesus. They have the scriptures. They're filled with all knowledge, Paul assumes, and they're able to instruct each other. So I just want to encourage you and say, look, you are able to instruct each other. You are able to open a Bible, look at a verse, look at someone else and say, hey, this is real. This is true. Believe it. Trust it. Give yourself to it. And, and my high school, junior high girls, you can do this. Right? There's obviously children, junior high aged kids at Rome. You can do this. Okay? Okay. I spent way too much time on the first one, so we'll, we'll go through the last one. Hey, you give me a week off. I gotta get it all out. I'm gonna... So, our mission is to follow Jesus in, in, in discipleship, running the race individually and then exhorting one another um, corporately. And then the last part of, of the mission. 
uh, is evangelism, okay? Bearing witness to the king that we worship and are loyal to uh, through word. You have to say it, okay? And indeed, you have to live it. So evangelism first uh, is we, we preach the gospel with words, okay? The gospel is a message. It is an, an, an announcement. The, the, the evangelist runs into the herald, comes into the city square, and heralds something, right? He doesn't just, like, play act. He, he, he announces something. We proclaim and we warn people of the coming wrath. We proclaim to them Christ's cross, the love of God. We proclaim Christ's cross as the only means that, by which they can be saved on the day. And we invite them to the wedding we invite them to the feast of God's son when he raises the dead. So before the cross, Jesus teaches in parables. Luke 14, the master said to the servant, go out to the highways and hedges. Compel people. Hey, come in. The father's throwing a party, a wedding, well-aged wine, fatty meats. Come in that the house may be filled. And then after the cross, they, they, they did it. Acts 10, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel. You know the words God sent, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, his cross, who is Lord of all, allegiance, worship, okay? We are witnesses of everything that he did. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead. He commanded us to do what? To, to preach, to say things with our mouth. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify. And what are they testifying? Five steps to <laughs> word of God command us to testify this, that he, Jesus, is the one who God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. And two, all the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name, parentheses, at the day, right? So the message is twofold. Evangelism is twofold. One, the day of the Lord and the coming judgment on sin. God has appointed him as judge of the living and the dead. And the Great Commission, right? Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. Given to him to do what? Acts 10. This is commentary on Matthew 28, right? This is what they're saying. The day of the Lord and the coming judgment on sin. And two... What we just are so happy about, the means of forgiveness through Jesus' blood on that day. Everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Guys, a toddler can get that twofold message. The day of the Lord is coming. The love of God gives us the cross before it. Hallelujah. Okay? God has given Jesus all authority and power to judge the earth at the day of the Lord. And God has ordained the sacrificial death of Jesus as the means of escaping judgment on the day. Those who repent of their sins and believe in Christ crucified will be saved from the wrath to come and they will be rewarded in the resurrection. Those who reject the message of Christ crucified will not be saved from the wrath to come and will be punished in the resurrection. Okay? I'm telling that to you as believers this morning and if you're not a believer this morning, if you're not following Jesus this morning, this is the message to you. This is the gospel. This is the good news. And so if you are not believing it this morning, believe it right now, okay? If you're sitting next to a member of my church, they will tell you how to repent, how to follow Jesus, how to gather with disciples and, and finish this thing, or talk to me or any of our elders after, okay? We want to talk to you about this, okay? So that's first, evangelism is a message, but evangelism is also a lifestyle, okay? We can't just proclaim Jesus as servant of all. 
We can't just say it. We have to bear lives that bear witness to it and give our lives to serve other people. You know what I mean? That's just totally retarded to say Jesus is servant of all. We're followers of Jesus and we don't serve anybody. We don't give our lives for anybody. We can't just proclaim that Jesus loves the poor and lowly. We must bear lives, live lives that bear witness to it and open our wallets. Right? You can't just say it. We, we, we got to do it. Our, our words, the message must be demonstrated by our lives. Likely not in, in the West, but unto death. Okay? Those who proclaim the hope of the age to come must actually live for the age to come. So just two scriptures to close. Matthew 5, let your light, you guys know it, let your light shine before others. Why? So that they may see your good works and do what? Say you're awesome. <laughs> Give give glory to your Father. Worship God like you now worship God. Allegiance and trust and love. Okay. First John three sixteen and eighteen. By this we know love, that He laid down His life for us. Then logically, what we ought to lay down our lives for the brother. So here, but if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? It doesn't, is what he's saying. It doesn't. Little children, let us love not in word or talk, but in deed and in, and in truth. Okay? We worship God. We give allegiance to him. We, we trust him. We have faith in him. We follow. We, we, we follow Jesus in, in discipleship. We stay on the path because of the cross, because of the, the Spirit's power. And then we encourage each other to do it. And guys, we, we tell the world. Okay? So we're going to hit all of these things again uh, in the spring really hard. Okay? Dig, dig into more, more text. And, and I, didn't, I, I realize I gave like zero application today. Um, we'll do that in the spring. But, but for now, this is what we're about. Okay? What's the mission of, of CLC? Follow Jesus in worship, discipleship. And, and mission. Okay? We have one king, Jesus. We walk one path, the narrow road of discipleship, and we have one message, the cross before the day. This is what we need to be about Sunday to Sunday. And, and this is what we give ourselves to. Okay? And um, so this is a rarity. If, if uh, Amanda, would you come help us, please? Um, we, were, we, were, we were not here. We were in the sun and drinking free drinks. And um, both Sierra and I were just multiple times throughout the week, which is, you know us on vacation, it's rare. Thought, man, we, we, we kind of missed Tonkawa. So we, we just counted as an honor and, and privilege and joy to run the race with you guys um, in Tonkawa. And then you start to talk about this kind of stuff then it's really exciting. It's like, oh, sweet. We're not just like here. We're like going to do stuff. Okay? All right. Let me pray for you. Father, we ask you for the Spirit's help. We ask, God, that we would be filled with the Spirit um, to do this, to worship you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, to, to stay on the path to, to walk, say no to ungodliness, and, and, and uh, say yes to righteousness.
and for power to share the message effectively. God, even if it feels weak um, coming out of us and, and feels feels fake and false or whatever, we, we thank you for the spirit that goes before us and does the work. I say you would encourage the members of this church this week uh, as we give ourselves to worshiping you and following you um, and, and sharing about you, God. Freely you have received, therefore freely give. So just ask that there would be just... Uh, People would walk out of the building today um, after classes, light, wind in their sails, uh, ready to to love and obey um, our King. In Jesus' name, amen.